Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, but we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pun. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. There are plenty of different designs available, so there is guaranteed to be something you love. To show your love of Dum Dums and Dice, go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B. D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash dice. Get your merchandise today. All art supplied by the brilliant decapitated markers. Welcome, children of the night, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am your host, Count Vlad von Lestat. Drinker of blood, keeper of the chronicle, and all around a spooky dude. <laughs> 
Last evening we met our coterie of Kindred, the gangster Ridley Beef, the detective Everett Fry, and the inspirational poet Iris Dunn, along with her lovely mortal assistant Emily, and their contacts, the Bouchard brothers. The brothers gave them a portion to learn French, then tasked them with a mission to establish a foothold in Montreal. A mission they set out on tonight. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. Ah, 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 ah. Into Montreal we go. For the very first time, you awake. Strangers in a strange land. A strange land called Quebec. Um... You each wake up in the uh, places that, uh, as, as dusk finally sets in, um, Everett, you were sleeping in a car. Uh, oh, no, you uh, you took the I couch. Slice, yeah, I camped yeah. in on the couch. So uh, basically, whenever you um, sort of uh, wake up from your, your day-long slumber, uh, you have to roll what's called a rouse check. So rouse check is a thing that uh, we're going to be using a lot of throughout the game, but essentially it's you calling upon uh, the blood um, to... Kind of bring yourself back into being for the day. So when you say the blood, you mean like the blood we've drank that's running in our system? Sort of, yeah. So in in Vampire, um, blood is kind of... uh, The force isn't necessarily the best example, but it's in that ballpark. It's um, the blood you've drank, but also just the the kind of powers that Vampire blood gives you. Um, They'll allow you to to use your disciplines, which are kind of your special abilities, uh, as well as do things like... Give yourself um, the blush of life so you look like you're alive um, and do various things of that sort. But the first thing you always have to do is whenever uh, a day has gone by and you're you're up to your vampiric business, uh, you have to pass a rouse check. So the way this works, um, Vampire runs on a D10 system. Uh, Anything from 1 to 5 is a failure. Anything from 6 to 9 is a success. 10 is a critical success. Um, or sorry, is a success with the potential for a critical success if there's a pair of tens rolled. That said, you also have hunger dice, which you'll be swapping in. Um, all of you start at hunger level one, so that's where you currently are. Um, you can reduce your hunger level by um, draining blood from either animals, humans, or other vampires, uh, but there are some costs associated with that. Um, so you all start at hunger level one. However, if you fail your rouse check, you still wake up, but your hunger increases. So if so you, hunger's tracked at the bottom of the character page, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, if each of you could please roll me a rouse check. So that's one, uh, 1d10 um, roll, and then just hang on to the result, and I'll move my way around the table. Is it 1d10 plus a hunger die? Uh, no, no. In this case, it's, 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 it's just a just, hunger die. Uh, it's yeah, it's just a regular dice. Um, in this instance, um, the hunger die comes into play with uh, with other things. So uh, Tyler, uh, your character Everett, uh, was sleeping on a couch. I'm still uncomfortable with the idea of, of coffins and, and the vampiric life. Um, similar to waking up from a bad hangover, um, your eyes kind of uh, drag themselves open blearily in in this uh, this sort of cold cabin um what did you roll on your check a six so i think that's a success that is a success um so uh you can feel uh, a hunger inside yourself but again the the idea of eating um another human as you still consider yourself to be is is repulsive to you so Mm -hmm. you kind of um wake up you can see that uh, emily's been busy she's kind of tidied up the place a little bit um there's a uh she uh she kind of um is, is Nursing the the tail end of a of a mug of coffee, um, no tea. She's a tea lady. Um, she's uh, you can see there's a sort of a pot of tea um, that she's been working her way through over the course of the day, 
um, she brings you over um, a newspaper, uh, and she says, uh, "So, um, uh, Mr. Fry, as I understand, um, as a as a uh, private investigator, um, and as from what Iris has told me, the um, well, the uh, the the, the camera Camarilla, the Camarilla people, uh, the, the 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 bossy vampires, the bossy vampires want you to find." Um, find out if, if uh, anything uh, untoward's going. So I thought perhaps maybe you could find uh, some some clues in this, um, maybe. But either way, uh, I read it. I, I didn't see anything, but maybe you will. Well, thank you. Uh, you're welcome. I did the Sudoku. I hope that's okay. That's just fine. You can call me Everett, by the way. Oh, uh, thank you, Mr. Everett. That's great. Um, so uh, with that, she um, sort of like pulls open the thing. Um, you see her kind of uh, pick up a tray uh, from the kitchen, and she begins to like make her way down the stairs into the basement. Um, in the basement, uh, Iris, um, you're, you're in a very plush coffin. Um, it's been lined with silk. Um, there's cushions. It looks very much, um, like the, the goop equivalent of a, of a fancy coffin that could be sold. Um, you hear, um, a gentle, like shaving haircuts, two bits on the, the, the top of the coffin, like a, uh, uh hi, uh, Iris, uh, good, Good uh, uh, evening, I guess. Um, I uh, uh, I hope you slept well. Do you sleep? Um, and um, <laughs> Emily just kind of like gently lifts up the, the coffin's lid. What did you roll in your check? A one. A one. Um, so you wake up and, um, you know, you, you kind of rise up out of, uh, out of the coffin and um, you see um, Emily kind of gulp. Um, she's holding a tray... Um, that is, uh, it's got another like single flower in a, in a vase, uh, as well as, um, a double folded napkin. Um, and she says, uh, good morning. Uh, so because you failed your check, uh, you have to add one point of hunger to your hunger tracker. Um, however, based on, uh, the character that you built, uh, the Toreador, you do have the advantage of having an entourage you can drink from. And as a result, um, Emily, uh, kind of hesitantly puts her arm down over top of the napkin. She says, um, well, I, I brought you your breakfast. Thank you. <laughs> I love you. So, um, feeding. Um, I assume that your aim is to feed in a safe way off of her? Yes. Okay. <laughs> she's, yeah, she's, she's my best friend. It'd be yeah. so weird if you had like a lineup of assistants with an identical name. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, time for Emily well, number time three. Time for Emily number four. <clears throat> okay, so you have a couple options here, Miles. Um, you can, um, si- so the basically uh, in terms of feeding, there's a few different ways you can go about it. So a sip from a human will slake one point of hunger. Uh, it takes three turns, and it also includes licking the wound closed. Um, vampires, uh, kindred in vampire. Um, have uh, sort of a special saliva that allows uh, wounds to heal up very quickly. So if you guys are looking to drink blood from kind of unsuspecting folks, it's not like kind of most vampire movies and TV shows where it's just like, oh, well, there's fucking two dots in his throat. Like a vampire was here. You're actually able to to hide your tracks. So if you just want to sip from the human, you can slake one point of hunger. Um, you can also do maximum non-harmful drink from a human, which will slake two points of hunger. It'll take a full scene, so that'll pretty much be this morning. There's also harmful drink from human that risks death unless treated, uh, which will slake between one and four. It's one hung- uh, one turn per hunger slated. That said, you're also damaging the human. The only way to drop your hunger to zero is to drain a human and kill them, which will slake five points of hunger, takes five turns, but they die. So I assume you're going to safely sip? I'm going to sip. 
Um, so that sounded so safe. Um, <laughs> as you, just that cat. Like I, I'm waking up to hearing you just going. Nom, 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 nom. That's um, not a weird casket stained with blood. Yeah. So I think maybe Miles, this is a thing that, that you've taken to doing to kind of put Emily at ease. Both mm-hmm. of you are vaguely uncomfortable with this this arrangement. Um, in terms of your history with Emily. You, um, you guys have been friends for a long time. Was she your agent first or was she your friend first? Friend first. Friend first. And how long have you known each other? I'd say upwards of five, five, six years. Five, six years. Okay. So like, not like a childhood no. friend, but an adult, adult friend. Yeah. Okay. And, um, all right. Yeah. That all makes sense. Uh, here's a question that you may not have an answer to, but that I'd like you to, to think about. And, and as, as Emily, I will also continue to think about this. Um, is she in love with you? Or does Iris has that has is that a thing Iris has considered? Yeah. You think she is, or it's something she's considered? I, it's something I've wondered. Okay. Um, I will say one thing as you kind of like do your like num 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 to kind of like <laughs> try and put her. Sorry ease. for making that canon. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I actually I think it, it actually it sits pretty well with it because honestly if if your best friend was like here you go you turned into a vampire I guess you can drink from my arm. Making a dumb joke about it actually does seem like the only way you could really (laughs) do it that wouldn't be... The only way you could lower tension Mm -hmm. in what is otherwise the darkest moment in your day. Yeah, because it's it's like she's giving blood. like to, like, turn into Bushin and go, om nom nom. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're both like, ha ha ha, and you're like, we're going to laugh through this horror. (laughs) Honestly, I I feel like it's like giving someone a lollipop at the doctor's office, so... Uh, oh my so god! No. You better have a lollipop for her. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm pretty. But I'm, she has to give herself because she's yeah. your assistant. Uh, Here's I'm, some Valium. It's <laughs> <laughs> like that, the blood's been thinned out a little. Yeah, bit. Valium and two cookies. I was gonna say that that's that's a famous person lollipop. <laughs> Just two Valium and a cookie. Yeah, a, celebra- a celebrity, a celebrity breakfast. lollipop. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, one thing that uh, Miles, I want you to kind of keep in mind with Iris as we move forward with this, with that in mind is because of the nature of your vampiric abilities and awe, which is one of your your, um, characteristics, um, I want you to kind of, uh, as you're learning, a lot of this is like early X-Men kind of stuff where like you're still coming into your powers. Ooh, I'm rogue. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I want you to just gently consider how much of Emily's affection towards you is historically true and how much of it is an effect of your aura now. Just as something that I think your eyes dart up to her at one point as she's like offering her arm and just the, the, the first glimmer of, huh, kind of enters your mind. So keep that in mind. Okay. So, um, having, uh, successfully, uh, fed Iris, um, Emily folds the, the napkin that was under her arm up onto it to just kind of, um, blot, uh, any of the blood that that kind of got loose, um, Iris. I think you you very awkwardly lick her arm, uh, and you can see the wounds start to to seal up. And both of you are like actively uncomfortable <laughs> about it, but at least you shared a laugh. Um, she then um, kind of uh, uh, smiles at you, um, although maybe with a like she. It, it's a genuine smile, but a little bit forced. Uh, and then she goes over to. Um, Ridley's uh, coffin and uh, she knocks uh, on the top. She's like, uh, 
uh, pardon me, uh, Mr. Beef, uh, this is your your um, <laughs> 6 p.m. wake uh, wake up call. I'm sorry, I'm still getting used to the, the morning daytime. Anyway, um, everyone's uh, getting up, so just just figured I'd, I'd see if you want to join us. Emily, you don't need to deal with him. I oh. I open the casket and I say, hey, you know, everyone wants to know where's the beef. <laughs> Oh, like the ad. Oh, that's yeah. very good. Emily! Uh, I, I'm sorry. Um, I, I need to go now. And then she just, like, skitters away. She actually, she goes back to Iris, your coffin, starts folding up the the satin sheets the and satin everything. Yeah, it. she's got to move it to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so she's just, like, carefully packing it back in the bag. I'm standing there fully nude. Just like, good morning, ladies. How's it going? <laughs> oh, um, good. Uh, it is uh, evening, but I'm having some trouble with that, too. Ah, this is a new morning. You know, you got to love it. Uh, and then I just, like, start doing, like, a stretch routine. Uh, as you do so, um, what did you get on your rouse check? I roll a 10. Great. Ooh. So you feel you feel, feel toasty. I was going to say, good. as a vampire, knowing we have to have rouse the blood to have an erection, and I rolled a 10, do I have morning wood? <laughs> um, sure. Uh, but I'll say it's less <laughs> impressive than you think it is, and you, like, flick it a couple times to see, like, what's all that then? <laughs> like, hey, wake up, you. Um, what have we got here? <laughs> I, don't, I haven't seen you in a while. I somehow suspect Super. that the uh, the godmother slash queen pin of the Note Nostra didn't like give you the erection chat uh, <laughs> when she ordered you turned. So, yeah, there's some things that are, are missing from Ridley's Ridley's education. I miss this old fella. <laughs> um, all right, I'll, I'll get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, um, having uh, gotten dressed, um, Iris having fed. And uh, Everett, um, your hunger stayed the same, um, but yep. also again, you you really don't have any interest in uh, humans. That said, the um, the brothers do offer all of you um, uh, another like breakfast of moose blood. Um, blood from animals doesn't quite do it for vampires. Um, you can get if you feed on um, a large animal for an entire scene, um, you can slake some thirst or, or sorry, some hunger. Um, however, you will get some weird animal resonance because vampires aren't built to. What does resonance mean? So, okay. So resonance is an interesting uh, concept. So resonance essentially, uh, relates to the kind of person whose blood you're drinking. Um, so in, um, the, the previous episode, uh, you'll notice that, um, when Iris was signing the book for the, the like young fan, the fan was very excited. Um, <clears throat> that essentially means that um, that girl's humor was they basically they break it down by humors. So there's choleric, melancholy, phlegmatic, and sanguine. Um, so she was feeling happy. So um, the element sh- that if Miles had drained her, um, she could have got was she would um, have been happy sanguine. Yeah. That said, um, the way resonance works is if you drain people with a certain kind of blood, you can add bonuses to certain abilities. So abilities that lean on um, charisma and happiness or if I drain a bouncer at a bar, I can punch somebody harder. Kind of. Yeah. Or, you know, if you need to go seduce <laughs> someone who's unseducible, if you drink a bunch of horny people, you'll suddenly have like much more. Hyorntie powers. Alluring. Hyorntie powers. Your hauntiness will be through the roof. Um, I'll, I'll have to look it up to actually double check this, but I believe it's something to the effect of like you add an extra dice. Cool. To, to those powers. Um, but animal resonance isn't great because your your blood calls out for humans, not for... Mm. I just look at him and go, I don't want to feel too fucking moosey, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, uh, well, I mean, we understand. We, we've been draining moose for a long time and it, it kind of sucks. It's always kind of nice when someone stumbles by here. I really, really, it's... 
and they both kind of look at Emily and then sigh and they're like, ah, but anyway. Um, all right, so uh, we're going to smoke you into town. Um, we will drop you off along our, we're doing some deliveries in town today. Um, we'll drop you off in the neighborhood we think would be best for you guys to get started. Um, and uh, we will go from there. So with that, you all pa- sort of pack into the uh, the van. Um, they have like just a bunch of crates of syrup. The, the logo is kind of cute. Do we uh, still have Everett's car or is Everett no car? Yep. Yep. Everett's car car is nearby. Um, we'll, we'll say that Hugo went and got it and kind of drove the rest of the way. Oh, super. Um, so yeah, Everett, you um, pack into your car. Um, are any of you going with Everett or are all of you going to travel with the Bouchards? Um, I'll ride with Everett because I know the Bouchards are like fighting boys. So <laughs> there's some violence in that car, but I don't want Everett to have to ride alone if we're going into like a hostile territory. And Iris... I'm going to go with the brothers. The brothers? Okay, great. Um, so you and Emily get in with the brothers, um, and collectively you travel into Montreal. So uh, Montreal uh, is a uh, beautiful city kind of bisected uh, by the St. Lawrence River. Um, a notable sort of geographic feature is Mount Royal, which is sort of a, a massive hill that kind of overlooks the town, or the city, rather. Um, you guys are kind of driven into um, a... I'd say like a kind of a, a middling neighborhood, if that makes sense. So it's not it's not a rundown neighborhood, but it's not sort of a super metropolitan area. Um, definitely kind of midway between being on the way up and being on the way down. Um, the uh, Montreal, um, I think, who of you would know this? I guess um, Iris, the, the brothers will explain to you that uh, for a long time it was known as the City of Black Miracles um, because the... Sabat had a lot of very strange rituals that uh, that they engage in, and um, there have been some true atrocities that have occurred uh, here in Montreal over the years. Um, <clears throat> the Anarchs are seem to be a bit more, um, a little less murdery than the uh, than the Sabat, um, particularly when it comes to other vampires. That said, their blatant disregard for the masquerade is a pretty big concern. They also warn you um, to, uh, they give you a a sort of a a gentle tour as they go in. Um, They explain uh, Montreal has an interesting, uh, very vampire-friendly feature, which is essentially an underground, uh, a lot of people call it the underground city, but it's essentially a massive mall that's connected um, by a bunch of uh, sort of pedestrian tunnels underground, um, which is... A huge boon for vampires because it's a very easy way to get around underground. Again, traditionally Sabat controlled, but now kind of up for grabs. Um, they also warn you against going near Mount Royal. Um, they, they've they been around for a very, very long time. And um, since the foundation of the city itself, Mount Royal's meant bad news. Uh, a lot of kindred enter it and disappear. Um, and there have been a lot of kind of rumors and myths floating around of, of sort of dark forces at work. Um, oh, they also warn you specifically, Iris, that there are dark forces <laughs> um, beyond werewolves. They say, uh, as they kind of drop you off, they're like, honestly, the werewolves are the least of your concerns. But um, you you look like you have something to say, Iris. No, you're good? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's, it's, a, it's a world of darkness out there. It's the name of the system. Great. Um, Great. I'm just so excited about this. Uh, <laughs> Great, and uh, so they they drop you off, um, kind of on basically on on like a a street corner that's that's getting kind of sleepy, like it's kind of a quietish corner. Um, and uh, just before they they drive off, uh, Emily's getting your bags out of the back, and she goes, "Oh, uh, sorry, uh, boys, I have, I have just one one thing for you before you go." Uh, and she gives them each um, a copy of uh, one of the books of your poetry. 
Um, and she goes, uh, just, you know, so you'll know for future. I hope you like it. Um, uh, she, she signed them for you. It's very clear that Emily signed them. Uh, and then the Bouchard brothers like, oh, that's that's uh, that's so nice. Uh, anyway, we uh, oh fuck, they're talking to Emily. Hey, that is uh, that is so nice, Emily. Uh, we have to go drop off uh, our syrup, but I uh, hope you get uh, established. Meanwhile, you're hearing like, okay, well, we have to go um, <laughs> drop off the rest of our syrup, but I hope you get established. And um, once again, uh, we'll be in touch. And honestly, best of luck. Uh, so they slam the doors and kind of wave to um, Everett and um, Ridley as you drive up. Um, were you guys talking about anything in the car on the way over? I think, uh, Everett, we just want to get a better sense of uh, what Ridley's about. Um, you know, how he found himself to be uh, become a kindred and, 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 you know, what are his reasons for coming out here? I know he has orders, but what's his reason for following those orders? I'll do like a TLDR, but like in sure, character yeah. for the whole chat. Because I imagine we trade those yeah, stories yeah. of like, where yeah. you come from? What are you doing here? Because we also have to figure out, knowing that we both have also operated on teams before reasonably, uh, we both have to figure out what the other person's good at to figure out yeah. what the fuck we're going to yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, so like, I was running a small group, you know. We had some pretty good luck when it came to sort of smashing grabs, fact, a little bit of extortion, got to make some friends. Uh, mainly, you know, we used to run protection. That was one I liked the best because uh, my mum used to do a lot of sex work and there was a lot of guys who were fucking assholes in the whole job of protection. So shifting into that market, it's, you know, it's a growth business is the thing about protection because if you take a reasonable cut, they have a career, you've got a career, and you only have to really hurt a few fucking cunts and then the rest of them just don't fuck around at all. Uh, so we were doing really good. Then... Got brought to a meeting, fucking went bad, bang, bang, Bob's your uncle, bleeding out on the floor, wake up in a limousine, some human, I assumed in a mask, is drinking and then jamming a hand in my mouth and now I'm a vampire. I don't know who they were, they were wearing a mask, but it turned out, I guess my boss had a deal with their boss that like when the hard boys went under, if they was fucking useful, then I get picked up and brought over here uh, and then I met... Uh, this uh, the the lady. I'm just going to call her Reagan. I don't think you need last names. You're kind of new to this whole thing. But let's just say Reagan said we need a whole uh, like a home base in Montreal, and they sent me because uh, if you're going to try to open up a new town, especially one as hard as this one, you got to send a hard fucking boy. So uh, interests of my organization and a Camarilla all sort of roll together, and that's why I'm here. Well, that's very interesting. Sounds like they're. Uh trying to tackle this on a few different fronts. You see, I was a police officer. and Well, uh, fuck me. Yeah, sounds like you would have been a real handful for me back in your heyday. Oh, you know what? It's good for you that you're, you know, alive still. <laughs> I feel like we would have had a bad time, but uh, I won't hold it against you for now. I mean, oh, clearly you are a human-killing monster like the rest of us, so, mm. you know, it's got to be chill. Uh, yeah, um... Well, long story short, I got promoted up to a homicide detective. Uh, came to me pretty well, actually. Uh, I had a pretty good way about it, and I uh, started on a couple unusual cases, we'll call them. Uh, turns out I was tracking down vampires. Uh, one thing leads to another, and uh, Ellie, or Ellen, uh, turns me. Uh, wants me to work for the Camarilla. Uh, apparently I'm so good at tracking down vampires, I'm supposed to do it full-time for the rest of time. 
I like that a lot. That should be on your business card. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't sound fucking ideal for someone like you starting out kind of white knighting it, and now you're down in the mud with the rest of us. Well, as long as we're tracking down the right kind of vampires, I don't have too much of a problem with it. Uh, so I'm going to say that um, for the sake of narrative cohesion, uh, even though this is a conversation you guys had on the road, I think once you meet up with Iris and the three of you are kind of left to your own devices, you probably get the same story from her. So um, yeah, why, why don't yeah we can imagine like the cars have radios. Well, or something. I, well, I imagine like you guys had this chat, but also the thing is it, it's similar to. Um, like I went to Chicago a while back and I'd never been to Chicago and I couldn't check into my hostel. So I was literally just like a guy standing in a city I didn't know with a bunch of bags. So I was like, I guess I go to Starbucks. <laughs> so I think that's kind of where you guys are at. It's yeah. it's just a matter of like, you probably all tucked in somewhere and you're also kind of away on your own for the first time um, without Guy and Hugo around. So yeah, ultimately you have this conversation in the car, but I think you pretty quickly fill Iris in and probably ask her the same thing. So, Iris, um, in terms of your history, um, the way things went for you, um, you were a famous motivational speaker. Um, you had uh, you published a few books of poetry. Things were going really, really, really well. Um, you had a patron for most of your professional life named Walter Sims, uh, who is a major patron of the arts, um, kind of a the guy who was at every gala. No one really knows what he does, but he's got a beautiful penthouse in Chicago. Um, his name is on a gallery. Like he's the he's that the guy who's so wealthy that he's like the one person who watches the dress rehearsal at the ballet and claps and then yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. cool, but like you can't. We don't like the audience. You can't know who that is. Hundred <laughs> percent. And I think for <laughs> for visual sake, uh, I'm thinking like John Reese Davies in Sliders. Um, oh yeah. So just ah. like big kind of gregarious. Um, and uh, yeah, just kind of add everything. So as a young uh, feminist poet slash motivational speaker, money wasn't really a thing. Um, but luckily, uh, Walter kind of stepped in and really in- made the right introductions, everything else. And you and Emily kind of leaned on him. Um, unfortunately, Iris, for you, uh, you later discovered um, that he was such a fan that he didn't want to live in a world where you didn't exist to create your art. And as a vampire, he actually had the ability to do that. Um, So one thing led to another, and you were turned. Son of a bitch. Uh, And recently, you have discovered an odd side effect to that, based on your Toreador vampiric lineage. Again, these kind of stretch back to the antediluvians. Um, Each vampire has its own uh, clan, which has certain connotations. Um, Ryan and Tyler are both playing Ventru, um, who are kind of a patrician class. Um, and we'll get to kind of what their their problem is later. But uh, Iris, what is what is your unique uh, vampiric issue? Yeah, so I used to write these really beautiful, inspirational um, poems that I was really, really great at, and, and it was helping a lot of people and gathered me a lot of followers. But now that I've been turned... Um, my ability to continue to do that has disappeared and um i can only ever seem to write haikus now and they're just it's just not enough words or syllables to be able to get across what i want to get across um emily rushes over with a handkerchief but there's no (laughs) tears because you haven't roused the blood. So she's just like ready to dab, but there's no dabbing there's to be nothing. done. She's there's got nothing like nothing there. I can't even cry anymore. She's got mascara ready in one hand and like a dabbing thing. And she's like, oh, um, 
<laughs> she just, uh, just sort like, of fades back. We're great, Emily. Thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna say uh, for the purposes just, of you don't 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 talk to Emily. <laughs> you ask me if you can talk to Emily. I ask you first. Yes. Got it. Because I don't want any of you getting close to her, and you know she's human. Oh, don't worry, that won't be a problem. I am uh, a perfect gentleman. I was gonna say, has she fucking murdered anyone? She can handle that gun, all right. I saw her uh, loaded and. Check the chamber at the cabin. She knows what she's doing. So, but she has she murdered people? Like, are there, are there line of bodies behind Emily over there? Not yet, but she's prepared to. Oh, that's fine. I, I, she's of no use to me. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to food, hard pass. Um, so, uh, I'm going to say for the purposes of this scene that um, Emily just kind of uh, is like off talking on. Uh, she like darts into a convenience store to buy a burner phone because she doesn't have her Blackberry anymore. So, uh, so you get a few minutes. Um, so Iris, um, I'm assuming that, uh, in addition to kind of telling us as the players around the table, did you tell them, um, would you, would you have told them that that was your issue as well? Do you think? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so now the, the three of you kind of have a sense of, of where you're coming from. Uh, there's still some secrets as yet unspoken, but, um, but you, the three of you also know that you're in this together. And I think there's, there's something kind of unspoken between the three of you that even though you come from drastically different backgrounds, um, all three of you, particularly Everett and Iris, you guys were, were in a pretty sticky situation. And the fact that you're not true dead, uh, is a pretty big deal. So the th- the three of you kind of have a chance at something now, um, and the only people you really can rely on are each other. So even though um, obviously there'll still be some some road bumps, uh, you feel pretty good about uh, working with each other. The nice thing is, even with our differences, if anything goes wrong, we all fucking die. So we've really got to dedicate ourselves to this group goal. <laughs> it's uh, very inspiring. Yeah, what, what do you mean we all die? <laughs> well, imagine we've got a whole city full of like other vampires and spooky darkness yeah, yeah. and fucking werewolves in the woods. Uh, we're the only three fucking Camarillas in the whole city. So if we fuck it up, we all die. <laughs> Is that true? Is that something we know for a fact that we're the only Camarillas in the city so far? Um, you don't know for a fact. Um, the Bouchard brothers certainly seem to imply that that's okay. the case. Okay. Um Sorry, that was, I, as a player, that wasn't no, no, 100% no, clear. Yeah, to me, no, no, but, that's, okay, that's so, yeah. definitely worth worth exploring. Um, the other thing I'll say, um, Iris, you probably, I'd say actually, actually probably all three of you picked up on this because all of you are, are kind of canny to stuff like this in, in your own way. Um, you get the sense that the Bouchard brothers are kind of a sleeper cell. So they, they have a lot of information. They know how to get you in, but they also seem completely cut off from almost everything else. So they're able to give you some information about the city and about the state of things, and they definitely are uh, Camarilla-affiliated, as best you can tell, but they, they aren't like, oh, there's like, here's all the other people. They're like, we were told to get you into the city, and we got you into the city, and we'll supply you. Um, so you're not entirely sure that might take some investigation around town, which you could certainly do if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, they sent us in with the fucking numpties. So, you know, nobody else is putting their neck out for us. We got to fucking build our own foothold and then maybe we become worth investing in with more people, more manpower, all that kind of shit. Mm. But it looks like we've all got three different fucking skill sets here. We've got, like, high-class, high-society lady who could get in with, like, important people who look nice and smell nice and dress nice. And we've got a man who can... Oh, you mean normal people? 
different strokes for different folks, love. <laughs> uh, and then we've got a yeah, fucking bloodhound over here can hang out with anybody in blue or whatever colour they wear in Montreal. I'm from England. Everyone has guns. I don't know what the fuck's happening here. Uh, and then I handle the lowlifes, the people who smell bad and, according to the fancy lady, aren't any people anymore. <laughs> no, she just meant they're not normal. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the three of you are kind of like squabbling as you, you wander down the street. Um, and uh, you're passing a um, sort of a, a like any... Irish, uh, British style pub, um, that you've ever seen. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, it's kind of got that classic, like wood paneling outside. Um, it seems like a pretty old building, um, and uh, a little run down, but kind of in like a, a warm way, a little bit like the bar from, um, on the outside, at least, uh, the bar from, uh, fucking it's always sunny. Um, or <laughs> Patty's pub. Yeah. Just a little bit like, just like one of those like shitty Irish bars. That's just fucking everywhere. Um, says the Irishman happily. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's got a, a worn out sign um, that reads uh, Mayday Malone's over the door. Um, and uh, as you walk by, um, you hear uh, the sound of uh, a bottle breaking inside and uh, some kind of voices raised in anger. Oh, I, I hear the song of my fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to go into the bar. <laughs> now, Ridley, <laughs> be back in a minute. Ridley, can we keep it Open. kind of under the radar? Open door. Yeah, all right. So you... Rid- and I'm just... <laughs> ah, shit. And I just run in. Howdy. I'm Everett Fry. I'm taking a little break from solving vampire crimes to talk to y'all about the Dumb Dumbs and Dice Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can support these fine folks that bring you this show and other shows at a number of different levels. Well, hell, for just $1 a month, you get access to the patron-only Discord. Now, I don't know what a Discord is, but it's my understanding that it's a place where a bunch of the fans gather and hang out, and it's quite active. Hell, even some of the cast members show up on there, and they're quite active too. So if that uh, tickles your fancy into something you'd be interested in checking out, well, just head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. What the hell's a Patreon? Hello, everyone. Uh, This is Tyler Hewitt just coming at you with a little special offer for you. You know, if you're a fan of uh, what we're doing here on the show, then we have, to borrow a phrase from Jerry Holkins, a patron-oriented experience tailored just for you. If you go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, you can sign up and get a bunch of special features that we're not really going to make available to anyone else. So do that now. Well, not right now, but, you know. Uh, so you, you boot the door, um, and inside, uh, again, like um, a, an appropriately divey uh, pub. Um, and, uh, you know, dimly lit. There's a good amount of dank. Um, there's kind of like a couple of pool tables. Um, there's a, uh, like, one of those shitty electronic jukeboxes uh, in the corner that just seems to be stuck on an infinite loop of Paradise City by Guns N' Roses. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you can see, uh, behind the bar, um, there's a, uh, sort of like a Chris Christopherson looking motherfucker with kind of like long gray hair, um, wearing a vest, um, just like kind of, 
given the business to um, like uh, a, a couple of like big, tough looking bikers um, who are uh, just kind of doing that classic intimidation thing where just like they emphasize every word by like breaking a bottle on the ground. Um, and uh, the, you can see they're being goaded on um, by this just like massive slab of a woman who is just decked out in biker leathers. Um, she's got like just crazy frizzy red hair. Um, she's missing an eye and she's up on the stage holding the mic being like, I told you once, I told you a hundred times I want karaoke every night and we're just going to keep coming back here and wrecking shit till you give it to me. And uh, behind the bar, he's like, I told you once, I tell you a hundred times, Mad Martha, you stop coming to my bar and trying to wreck shit. Karaoke's on Thursdays when I need the crowd. That's <laughs> what I pay you people protection for. Um, and uh, she just kind of rolls her eyes uh, and she's like, well, and there's like a smattering of customers, but they're all clearly doing that most Eisley thing where they all just press back into booths. Um, and uh, you can see her kind of uh, lick her lips um, and say like, I tell you, I'm getting mighty hungry. You might want to change that opinion. Great. Uh, and then I just yell, Oi! Oh, God. <laughs> Oi! And so, like, I, I have some attention. Uh, and I just pull a chair out and I start taking off my, like, suit jacket, like, rolling up my sleeves. And I'm like, everyone here is clearly asking themselves a question. And I'd like to say it out loud. So what I'd like to ask is, who is the artist man in this pub. Uh, and then I'm just going to take out an inhaler, <laughs> like like an <laughs> asthma inhaler, and inhale off of it. Uh, Mad Martha crushes the microphone in her hands. She's like, think you got my pronoun wrong, but it's me, boy. Oh, that's wonderful. All right. Uh, and I, I just want to sprint at her and try to kick her ass. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Um, Iris, did you, I assume you followed them into the bar? Yeah, just out of sheer interest. Um, great. Uh, so I'm going to imagine, given that you're not really a punchy type, um, do you engage in this or do you just pull oh, up a seat at the bar? I am just pulling up a seat at the bar <laughs> and seeing how this plays out. Normally I'd step in and sweet talk everything down and de-escalate, but you know what? He seems pretty gung-ho about it. <laughs> Let him out. It's fun. All right. So um, kind of... Uh, the way combat works in Vampire is um, the, the, there's not initiative or turn order or anything like that. It's more so that we kind of describe what you want, what your intended action is. I figure out what the storyteller player characters are doing, the SPCs, um, and then it kind of all goes off at the same time. So the way I'd like to visually imagine this is similar to uh, kind of the Fallout 4 VAT system. <laughs> so everything okay. kind of slows but is still in action. So Ridley is just starting to fucking book it um, towards, and I assume you're in like shirt sleeves and a, like a, a yeah, vest. Yeah, I've like rolled up my sleeves. Yeah. So I got, I got the vest. Yeah. I'm looking no, full. Like the suspenders, like the classic, like punchy. Johnny fix it kind of. Look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you're running in slow motion with your, your fists up. Um, oh yeah. I take off my glasses and like throw them back <laughs> at my coat. <laughs> um, I'm going to say, uh, you, you toss the glasses over your shoulder and, um, in slow motion as all this is happening, Iris, you just like casually catch them out of the air and put them down on the. The bar, um, Everett. What are you doing? I think since uh, since Ridley just rushed into this, I want to see how this plays out. It gives me a chance to kind of see what he's made out of. See what uh, it's it's. I mean, it's clear to me as a play, player that Mad Martha's a vampire. Is it clear to Everett? Like, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I would also be interested then to see what vampire on vampire violence looks like. Um, just to kind of 
prepare myself for whatever kind of future encounters I may have. Um, I would like to activate my uh, daunt ability, though. Okay, what does that do? Um, I add um, my presence uh, rating to uh, any kind of intimidation rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be just an extra die, I guess, because I've got a presence rating of one. Okay. But more importantly, attacking me requires a resolve and composure roll um, of difficulty two. All right. Um, mechanically speaking, yep. uh, basically what I'm looking to do is just give a vibe of like, I'm just here to watch. Don't fuck with me. Like, <laughs> so cool. Like, yeah. So basically like trying to deter the two thugs at the bar from like yeah. joining, joining the frame. Very cool. Uh, all right. Well, um, oh, if I can just say, I, I also would like to rouse the, the blood for toughness. All right. Go ahead and roll me a rouse check, please. So ability. 1d10. Great. So one. One. All right. So you managed to um, toughen up. Um, you're, you're, you're seeing red, literally. Um, unfortunately, your hunger also grows. Yeah. Yeah. I figured. Uh, by one point. Um, so, yeah. So you're, you, you can feel like. I would say that I think the the way to think about this vampirically is it's not like suddenly you have like weird X-Men powers that you've never experienced before. It's that when you used to just kind of like clench your jaw, but it's like now your body actually does what you always kind of thought you were doing before when you did this. Um, so, uh, yeah, you you uh, toughen up just a little bit uh, and begin barreling towards her. Um, Mad Martha is going to um, reach forward and grab the mic stand toss it into the air, catch it like a, in a javelin style pose. And she's going to whip that at your chest. Um, so all that goes off at the same time. All right. So essentially the way this is going to work, um, is Mad Martha's like improvised javelin goes off first since it's a ranged weapon being thrown at you as you're charging. Um, so she is going to have to roll a dexterity plus athletics, uh, to attempt to hit you. So I'm going to roll my dice for her. Um, she only has one success. Um, can you please roll me a dexterity plus? Um, hmm. Sorry, this is one of those rules I'm going to have to quickly look up here. Um, do, 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 do. Just think of how cool this javelin looks floating in in, oh my God. in midair as, as it goes. Javelin. It was a mic stand, but now it's an implement of destruction. <laughs> I mean, How'd she do that? From giving birth to words to giving birth to death. <laughs> <laughs> Ridley is just like in slow motion trying to figure out how sharp it is. Like how worried <laughs> should he be? Has it got that plastic end that holds the mic in place? Has it got the nubbies still? <laughs> how, how nubby is it? <laughs> He's thinking in the back of his head. Otherwise, he's just a furious red-filled monster. Yeah, he's not. It's a subconscious thing. How nubby is he? <laughs> I wonder about them nubs. Nub one, nub two. Are we recording Nub right green, now? nub blue. Yeah, we're recording. Okay. Because I, I did want to actually just get this out on air just for the listeners. Uh, I have already discovered how dangerous it is for me to have a southern accent while listening to you with a Cockney accent. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize you were doing an accent. This is disastrous. It's a South Knee <laughs> accent. I am really going to be tricking myself into sounding like you. <laughs> I need to be careful. That's okay. We can make that, okay. a, that a thing. Yeah. yeah, it's part of the blood vial thing. Yeah. We'll blame it on the warlock. Yeah. That uh, damn Cockney warlock. <laughs> right, then. I just want to give you all a little bit of the juice. They speak French like I do. Yeah. <laughs> Finally, everyone will sound as dumb as me. Um, all right, so... Um, I will need a dexterity plus athletics uh, from you, Ridley, please. Uh, 
two successes. Two successes. All right. Does it matter if I rolled a one? I don't know how that works. Um, not in this particular instance. Love um, it. One, one will just count as a failure. Uh, if it was on a hunger dice, then hell yeah. But in this case, it was not. So that's all good. You, what, am I supposed to be rolling hunger dice on this? How does it work? Um, I believe so, but we'll do that on the next check. Okay. Um, so the basically on any yeah anytime you roll a check, um, the way hunger works is the more hunger dice you have, the more or the more hunger levels you have, the more hunger dice you need to replace your normal dice with. Hunger dice work the same way as regular dice, except if you roll a failure, um, you have to roll a, a test to prevent a bestial failure, w- failure, which would be something like I'm trying to negotiate a cheaper rate on my car insurance, and I roll a bestial failure, so I rip the guy's throat out. Um, you can also roll, um, <laughs> if you get a critical, it becomes a messy critical. So similarly, I was so excited. I got such a good deal. I accidentally ripped his arm off while shaking his hand. Could have just switched to Geico. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> so the, um, mic stand, uh, having like, as it's flying at you, you successfully count the amount of like nubbins on it. And you're like, oh, that's too many to get by. So you just kind of, I think, shoulder it off. Uh, also it's, it's a mic stand, not a javelin. If you're a human, it might've punched through your chest, but. You ain't human no more, baby. Exactly. Um, which brings you into uh, melee range of her. So uh, go ahead with your, um, in the way melee works, uh, you're going to roll me a strength plus brawl check. Yeah, I actually want to grapple her because my goal is not actually to just kick this lady's ass because Ridley, it's like prison yard rules. He doesn't actually want to fight this whole gang. He wants to fight the toughest one and then pin them into a position where they have to say that he's better than them. <laughs> And then he he's done this before, where the idea is like you walk in, you're like, who's the hottest man or I guess woman? Now he's learning Montreal's more equitable, which is excellent. Uh, and he punches the shit out of them, and he's like, "All right, now let me ask again." <laughs> he's ready to just work his way down. So okay, so attempting to grapple, then um, we'll say you're actually trying to tackle her. It still yeah, counts yeah, under yeah. the grappling system. So it's still strength plus brawl, um, and so it's going to be an opposed check against her. Um, but I also specialize in You do, grapple. so that'll give you an additional dice. Um, and you're at hunger level two, so swap two of your dice yeah, for hunger dice. Yeah, i got two hunger dice. So. Great. So um, if the grappler wins, you can choose from the following options. You can damage the foe based on your margin of successes as a normal attack. You can bite the foe for two aggravated damage. Uh, you can hold them in place, or if the grappled combatant wins, they escape and can move freely. Okay, so, so if I can, is the, I don't know if there's a way. This is like a GM question. You're a GM in this Storyteller. Okay, I got to ask a storytelling question mm. then. Uh, I would like to hold her in place, but hurt her if she tries to move. Okay, so what I'm going to say then is let's d- have you deal the damage. Um, we'll have you deal half damage, and that's kind of, we'll, we'll say, if you win the, the challenge, yeah. we'll say that accounts for your leg. That's like putting her in like the leg lock or whatever. Yeah, or, or just like popping her one in the jaw to just be like, stay down, like you yeah. know, that, that sort of stuff. Cool. All right, so you roll yours, I'll roll mine, we'll see what happens. Okay, I have three tens and an additional success. Oh, my. Along with a one on a hunger die. Mm, mixed bag. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, okay. So um, I'm going to need you to please roll me a check on the failure. So uh, single D10, um, just pass fail, and let me know what happens. So fail. Fail? Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to say you increase your hunger by one. So as you, like, bash her into the ground 
um, there's just something about like you you you've been you've been a good boy for a little while. You know, you you've been traveling. You know, it took a while to get over the get you know get across the pond. Um, but there's something about kind of being back. It's that you're I think your battle lust, and this is clearly like a bad person, which also is like kind of your your jam. Oh, yeah, that's fair game. It's your battle lust has now become a hunger as well. So um, that said, you um, I got one success. So you definitely beat beat her or successfully grapple her. Uh, you said you had um, you rolled three tens. I three tens, yeah. So because you rolled a pair of tens, um, that means you get four successes. So and an additional success, so five successes. Yeah, so you have five successes. Normally, um, that would mean you could deal four points of damage uh, because you are just kind of trying to rough her up a bit. You'll only deal two. Um, so you deal her two points of damage and you successfully have her grappled. Great. But I can actually enhance that damage and I will cause she's a vampire and they're a lot fucking harder than trying to like fist fight a mortal. Uh, so because I have potence and a lethal body, I can make those two points of aggravated damage rather than. Okay. Whatever, so the, the superficial damage. damage or yeah. whatever. So yeah. you're kind of like struggling with her. She's clearly trying to like get out of it. So I think you just break her arm. Yeah. That's what I was talking um, for. And then you twist it around and kind of like smack her with it and like it, it's just it's a clear it's a clear show of you you not fucking around um so with this the two thugs at the bar um both like turn um one of them still got a bottle that said you can see that they're human so they're a little hesitant seeing their boss get like stomped to to do anything um everett and iris you both have the opportunity to act um as these thugs kind of turn away from both of you uh, is there anything either of you want to try and do I think I'm gonna flex my uh, my daunt uh, ability, and if they're both about to kind of get up from the bar, I'm going to move over between each of them and put my arms around them as like their pals, but just use kind of unnatural strength to like sit them back down and be like, <laughs> "Why don't we just have a drink, fellas?" Uh, okay, um, so that would probably be a oh, let's see, because you're using. Does Daunt have a specific um, skill associated with it, or is it just when you're doing? Uh, it's for in, it. It adds uh, one die for Im- intimidation rolls, and uh, people who wish to attack me need to um, make a uh, resolve and composure roll. Okay, um, with a difficulty of. Can two. we say then uh, strength and intimidation? Sure. So I have to use one hunger die. Strength is two points, and intimidation. Excuse me. Is zero, so actually it's just two dice. So that is one success and one fail. Okay, so you go to kind of like grab these guys' shoulders and slam them down. I'm so sorry. I need to roll one more because it's intimidation. I'm sorry. I forgot that Don did that, even though I just said it out loud. That's a second fail. So second fail? two fails, one success. Okay, so um, because you had a success, I will let you succeed at cost if you want. Um. Succeed at cost is uh, similar to in Dum Dums when we do Devil's Bargains. Oh, uh, yeah, I figured. So it means you can get what you want, but something happens. And that's all I know is something happens? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I succeed then. I'll take it. Um, okay. So um, you sit them both down uh, and say, you know, like, hey, boys, why don't we have a drink? Um, you force them both down. Um so they are forced to sit, uh, but one of them is going to swing at you with the bottle. That said, because you've got Daunt on, he has to pass a resolve and... Uh, resolve and composure. 
Okay. Difficulty two. I don't know what that means per se. Uh, so that means I need to get uh, three successes in order oh, to okay. to beat your score, and I do not. Um, so the guy like sees the opportunity and goes to just like cheap shot you in the gut. Uh, and I think you just like shake your head at him in like a classic, like, <laughs> no, uh, you don't want to do that. You, you know what? I, th- I think you're right. And he just like very gingerly places the broken bottle down on the, the counter. Um, and from behind the bar, the bartender's like, you still got to pay for that hoss. Not to you, but to the, the sure. biker. Um, Iris, uh, you can see that uh, Everett's kind of got these guys under control. I assume you're you're still keeping your distance. Yeah, I forget how premonition works. Is that something that I could use to be helpful at all? Or um, Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I figured I would uh, order a double bourbon, swirl around on my chair to watch <laughs> the fight and see if I can figure out what might happen. Oh, before it happens? Before it happens. Oh, cool. All right, just full-on... Uh, Guy Richie Sherlock Holmes again. Because if if I'm ne- if I'm needed, I'll step in. But if not, I'm just gonna sit back and drink some. <laughs> so I think I think. Uh, <laughs> just imagine you see like she's gonna stab you. <laughs> like, just like advice from the bar. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the way I'm gonna work that, Miles, since since these boys kind of have it under control, um, is that yes, throughout throughout this entire sequence, it was like she's gonna try and get it. She, like, watch the mic stand. Hey, like. Yeah. Like. She's going to try, oh, and then you hear the crack, and you're like, fair enough. Um, <laughs> and I, I think uh, for flavor, um, maybe the premonitions come, like, it, your version of, like, throwing throwing the bones and stuff. It's just, like, looking into a glass of bourbon as you, you spin it. Give it a little sniff. Yeah, and I think also, <laughs> um, I think also for you, Iris, this is um, part of the fun of this is you're still kind of coming into this power of premonition, so even though you're not really actively helping that much, it's kind of a, how well does this work? Right. Um, and what you're kind of, I think, pleasantly surprised to find is that these are also, these guys don't just talk a good game. They actually seem legitimately um, useful. But yeah, so keep premonition in mind. Um, the way premonition works is uh, you can force a check if you're like really focused on something. So for example, if you were going to try and like, I don't know, if Ridley was going to pickpocket someone, you could, like, really focus on that pocket and be like, what's going to happen with that? Mm-hmm. Um, alternatively, uh, I can also just feed you random things that you notice. But do let me know when specifically you want to use it or if there's anything you really want to, like, click it on for. Um, and we'll we'll go from there. Um, so, yeah, so with you kind of calling the shots, um, the, uh, the fight seems uh, pretty quickly over. Um, Ned Martha seems pretty fucking mad, but also her arm is broken and she's pinned... <laughs> You know, it's a, the immovable object meeting the unstoppable force situation. Yeah, and the unstoppable force is actually unstoppable, and the immovable object has his broken arm and his pinned in place. <laughs> so the movable object is on the ground. Uh, <laughs> From immovable to movable. It's, the, it's what I do. Uh, sorry about the pronoun confusion. So what is your preferred pronoun? And then I just yank on her bro- on the broken <laughs> oh arm God. a little bit. Um, she, uh, she, You can tell that she's tough enough that it's like... This isn't someone who screams. It's someone who, like, grunts and just kind of like, <laughs> um, even though you can see, like, how how awful this abbreviated uh, thing is. Just, her, obviously. You know, uh, a lot of people present in a lot of ways. Uh, it's my fault for starting with an assumption, but let's not make any. So here's the deal. Uh, what's your name behind the bar? No, uh, I'm Tim. Nice to meet you, Tim. So I've heard that they seem to be bad at protection in that they was breaking things rather than protecting you. 
So what would you say to, let's say, a change of outside management? Um, well, I mean, you, you guys seem pretty tough, and uh, that, that seems pretty good to me. So uh, I wouldn't mind uh, these orphans finding someone else to fleece. I was happy when they were gone, and I'm not happy to see them back. So uh, you guys seem all right, although I'm a little freaked out by, uh, by the lady over here. Are, are, you, are you seeing things before they happen? No. <laughs> That's pretty spooky. I'm just going to trust you on that one then. Oh, she's, she's very rich. It makes them just, you know, see the world in a different way. So here's the deal, uh, love. So you are going to fuck off along with your little wankers over there. One of them I'm going to keep for like 15 minutes, uh, but you are going to fucking go. And if you ever come back, I will fucking rip your fucking limbs off. And if you don't believe me, can you tell me what he says on my knuckles? Uh, and I hold one hand up while still keeping her pin in place, and it's just hate. <laughs> it's been tattooed across <laughs> my knuckles under, like, the shitty rings I'm wearing. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to see under all those shitty rings. Oh, that's real nice. Uh, and I just pop her a punch straight in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, why don't you take another fucking look? It says hate. Oh, wonderful. What about the other arm? <laughs> I, oh I twist it around, and I show her my other knuckles, and they also say hate. <laughs> also hate. But Nailed it. it. It reads backwards as Eta. That's the one for me in the mirror in the morning. <laughs> uh, and I just pop her one in the face because I can. Uh, also, I feel like you've been ripping this place off for some fucking money for protection that clearly you can't actually give. So how about your boys empty out their fucking wallets on that bar and I'm going to take out your fucking money and then you can just fuck off. So begrudgingly... Um as she's like swearing under her breath, like she gets up um, and with her good arm, like takes out her wallet and the, the, the two, uh, the two thugs take out their wallets um, and to kind of all of your collective horror, take out like a bunch of really oddly colored money um, and just start like <laughs> stacking it. Um, Iris, I think you know about Canadian money, but you also aren't really sure which one would be the, the highest denomination. So like, there's a lot of blue and some some purples, but you're not really sure. There's like one or two greens, and all of you are like, okay, that's fine. And really, for you, like, uh, there's there's colors. I don't know. Um, they all a bunch of them have the queen, so I guess that's that's quid maybe. Yeah, I'm like, well, we're keeping all the fucking monopoly money. <laughs> And now let's get you outside where you can just fuck off, except for you. Uh, and I want to look at the two shitty henchmen. Okay. Uh, and who do I think was is like more violent of the two of them? Like who looks like a shittier person? Does any of them have tattoos I'd recognize from prison saying they've like killed people or any shit like oh, that? Oh, yeah, yeah. So there, there's one guy who who's definitely trying to overcompensate for his lack of face tattoos with like a truly epic handlebar mustache. Uh, and then there's another guy who's got, like, four tiers on one side. Oh, that fucking guy. That's the one I'm keeping. I'm like, you and I are going to have a go have a fucking conversation in a back. Uh, so <laughs> I, I trust Everett, who I've seen, because he sat the guys down. So I'm like, Everett, why don't you show these two people to the fucking door? Uh, and then I'm just like, Tim, going to need your office for a minute there, mate. Um, Tim's like, meet the new boss, same as the old boss, huh? And he flips you some keys. Great. So uh, it's in the back. Great. I want to take... By the way, my, uh, my friends call me Mayday. Uh, seems like you're my friend, so you can call me that now. I want to be clear, Mayday. At worst, we're partners. And in reality, we're going to work for you. You know, that's how the whole protection business works. Uh, and then at the same time, I, like, take tear, tear face <laughs> and, like, walk him into the back office. 
uh, and I would like to drink blood from Tearface once I close that door. Uh, so you take him into an office um, that is um, kind of like it, it's overly packed, badly organized. There's clearly like, you know, overdue invoices and things everywhere from suppliers. Um, but notably on the walls, you can see uh, there seem to be some like World War II medals in um, in sort of like a framed box. Uh, there's a picture of an aviator um, who looks a lot like Tim, but younger. Um, you also see some photos of like, uh, you know, UN peacekeeping troops. Um, you see what looks like another guy who looks very much like Tim, but uh, younger with a bunch of people kind of like wearing the blue helmets and everything else. Um, and yeah, you, you slam to your face down, um, in kind of one of those classic wooden spinny chairs. Um, and, uh, are you going to just try and like drain them dry? What's, what's the um, plan here? What, uh, this is terrible. What are my draining options again? There's like sip, no which is the one. Yeah, or so there's you can sip. Yep. You can, no, 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 no. Uh, you can, um, do maximum non-harmful drink. Gives me two? <clears throat> Gives you two, and you can still lick the wound closed. Yeah, I'm going to do that one, because I've got three, but I have to drain them all the way to get to zero, right? That is correct. Yeah, I'm not, I don't want to just, like, kill a dude in fucking Mayday's office. That seems real shitty for day one, so. I mean, it's your world, baby. I don't, I don't have a place to get rid of a body yet. Like, I'm a relatively informed gangster, so. Okay. So, um, you slam him down on the chair, uh, you pop your fangs, and uh, you bite deep into his neck, uh, and you just feel a... Um, a swell of of, uh, of blood, um, and it it you can feel a, a hunger that you didn't necessarily notice was was as as pressing as it was uh, begin to wash over you. Um, you also get a feeling of um, sort of uh, you can feel the sort of violent nature of of this man, and kind of like you know you've known bullies your whole life, and this guy just fits the bill. Um, so I'm going to, uh, say that, uh, it's not enough to give you resonance, but definitely a choleric blood type. So again, in terms of the kinds of people you want to drain and the kind of blood you're looking for, look for the, the literal types of people. And you can also tell me like, Hey, I, I need to drink. I'm looking for a happy person. Cause I need, I need to balance out some humors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, uh, I, I drink asshole. Yeah. So you, you drink some to your face. Uh, it's a fine vintage. Meanwhile, out in the, um, main bar, um, Everett, you're showing the, these folks to the doors. Is there anything you say to them before they leave? Um, well, given that they're uh, uh, orphans, um, we know that they were uh, chased off by the uh, God, the anarchist vampires. What are they called again? Uh, the Anarchs. The, oh, God, there I go. Okay. Uh, we know that they were like fighting the Anarchs and were eventually kind of chased out of town. They were right? chased out of town by the Inquisition, which uh, you oh, know a okay. little bit about um, essentially... Uh, the modern Inquisition is a bunch of disparate groups that are all anti-vamp. Um, so a mix of like classic kill the unholy to the NSA being like, what the fuck is going on with these vampires? Um, <clears throat> but you have been told that also that they are currently engaged in, in combat with the, the Anarchs. Well, I would definitely want to uh, speak to them both about what their experiences have been so far on this turf. You know, if they're, if, if they're being paid for protection, how often do they have to actually flex on, on okay, that's interesting. enemy vampires? Um, or hmm. how often do they have to evade or dissuade the Inquisition from marching through here? Okay, so um, Mad Martha definitely isn't in the mood to talk. Um, she's kind of like escaping so she can regroup. Um, 
I'm going to say that um, you nod to Iris. This is kind of like a, like a hey, I, I need some help on this. Um, basically, they're, they're not going to stick around and, like, answer questions for no. you unless you interrogate them. Uh, that said, Iris, as a smooth-talking, charismatic person, um, I'm going to say that you can probably rule to try and convince these people to stay. I think you kind of pick up what uh, whatever it's putting down. So, okay. what would you so like to do? I'll uh, I'll try and I'll try and convince them to stay. But then I also want to uh, try to get Martha to come and and uh, sing some karaoke with me to get her on on our good side. I assume at like a different bar, or here. Here. Damn. Why? Why? Why not here? Oh no! I was just like I, I was just clarifying what what the play was. Whether the play was like, look, no hard feelings. We'll sing some karaoke, or if it's like, you got your ass kicked. I'll take you around the corner to to a karaoke joint. We'll we'll burn the house down. Uh, Either option's totally yeah, fine. Yeah, I I'm think we'd stay here. We'd stay here to sing some karaoke. Okay, interesting. So um, then, Miles, what I'm going to need from you is a charisma and. Persuasion check. So add those two numbers together, please, and add your. Um, you have one hunger, I believe, right now. Yes. Because you drank this morning, which got rid of one of your your ranks of hunger. And does your aura also? I think you, because you're a Toriador, you, you may actually have additional shit for this. Um, give me one second here. Um, Ridley, as you're you're drinking from Tear Face, you just have like this horrible sneaking suspicion that, like, it's almost one of those like someone walked across your grave. Where it's like, I bet they're taking care of business. Wonder if they're doing something different out there. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, Everett. So you start to take them to the door. Iris catches up to you. Um, and I think it really was like a you kind of looking over your shoulder, being like, "Listen, guys, like, can we? T- uh, I got some questions for you. Help me, help me, help me." Um, oh yeah, yeah. Well. Not so much confiding in these people, like I need help, but like, oh no, help me, help me, help me to Iris being oh, like, oh yes, yes, that that makes more sense, yeah. Um, so uh, for those of you listening at home, these are the sweet sounds of pages flipping <laughs> as we all learn this new system together. Flip, flip, flip. Flippity flip, flip, flip. What kind of song are you going to sing with uh, Mad Martha? have to figure that out. It'll probably be some angry, angry lady rock. I was going to say, what's what's Maybe your existing go-to? Like, what if Iris is at doing karaoke? Yeah, what's Iris's karaoke song? Oh, well, Iris is probably going to sing some Stevie Nicks. Oh, that's pretty good. That might that might fit for both of you. I'll let her choose. Yeah. What about, uh, she's like a one-winged dove now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sings her song. Sounds like she's singing. <laughs> What about Everett? What would be an Everett karaoke go-to? Um, what would be an Everett karaoke go-to? I think he'd, uh, I think he'd like some good old country, probably, because uh, you know Texas is so far away now and far away in a lot of different ways, right? Like yeah. geographically speaking, but like his life in Texas was literally life, uh, and now he is undead, uh, solving vampire crimes um, <laughs> uh or attempting to anyway um so yeah i think i think music from like back home i think he still considers his job and connections back in, in in the american south to be like home for him yeah so a lot of different stuff from there the whole catalog anything would probably stir something in him nice 
Um, so, Miles, you have um, both awe and lingering kiss. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. So with awe, uh, anyone in the presence of you finds their attention drawn to you. Those listening to you might suddenly agree on subjects where they once held different viewpoints. Um, so basically, you can add um, the presence rating to any skill role involving persuasion or performance. So essentially, in addition to rolling um, the charisma and persuasion I asked, you can also add presence. That's two for me then. An extra two? I believe so. Where is presence? I can't even find it on. It's in, well, it's, it's in my, dis- it's, it's one of my disciplines. Of discipline. Oh, yeah. I see. Great. Yeah. Like I have daunt. That's part and of I the presence discipline. I have someone else's discipline. dice. How many do you need? I need one more. You need one more? Do you have your hunger dice I factored do. in? So that gives me, gives me nine dice. That's I my hunger. I think this lady's going to listen to you, but <laughs> let's find out. <laughs> How did you get to nine? Holy shit. Because I have four charisma, I have three perform, uh, three persuasion, and then two for my, Jesus two for my fucking presence. fucking hell. Wow. Yeah, that's impressive. Plus my one hunger. So, <laughs> like, uh, sorry, to be clear, the hunger is replacing one of your existing dice. It's not an oh, additional okay, dice. So then take my dice back. Dice. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Tyler. Still. Yeah. So yeah. eight dice. Sounds like the best uh, at everything. backstab damage. <laughs> Kind of an well, even split, but I got a 10 on my hunger dice. There are two uh, crits, two 10s, right? That's a 10? Yeah, a 10 on my hunger dice, a 10 on a 10. Like, I got right. it's, it's split down the middle. Oh, actually, no, it's not. Sorry. That's a 9. Um, okay, but you got two 10s? Two I got uh, a 10 on... One, on uh, two 10s, one of them is on a hunger one dice. One of them is on a hunger dice. Okay, and, and the, your total number of successes? Five. Five. Well, six with the hunger dice, right? Yeah. So basically, um, if you have two tens, it counts as four. So you've got four there, and then what other successes do you have? Four more. So a total of eight. <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned Stevie Nicks and <laughs> Mad Martha. It's just like, I mean, if anyone could break the chain. <laughs> um, but we need to look up what happens with your hunger die because um, that is an interesting thing that just happened, and I'm so glad it did. Because that's a messy. Uh, that is a messy critical. critical. So no. we're gonna find it's out through gnashed teeth. Like you want to sing some karaoke, and then you both eat Emily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a it's a short game. Um, we, we we lost. I mean, for Emily, <laughs> <laughs> the game never ends for us. We live forever. Successes on the hunger die are gonna be fucked up. It really shows you with the hunger die, if it's just a one or two dice check and you're hungry, like you are in the fucking danger zone yeah. the whole time. That was uh, It's almost like it I gives us it. a strong reason to just kill people. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Miles, you're going to need to go ahead and roll me um, one of those checks, uh, just a straight uh, D10. Um, one to five is a failure. Six to ten is a success. Four. <laughs> That's a fail. All right, so, oh, man. You just like you're you're so convincing. You're just like talking her through it, and she's just enraptured. And um, even though you haven't been able to compose a poem since you returned, man, you just you've you've wanted to you've wanted to feel this way. So let me see. <laughs> Always a dangerous thing yeah. to hear from a Whoa. storyteller. Mm-hmm. How shall I punish you? God damn it. <laughs> 
This episode of Love and Serum features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, and Megan Miles at Maggie Miles on Twitter, featuring storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Tom McGee, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Ty Engel. And all our ads use tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available on freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dumb Dumbs and Dice, you can visit our website at dumbdumbdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumbdumbdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can also get merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumbdumbdice and you can join our Patreon of darkness. Patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Sleep well, children of the night. Ah, 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 ah. Spooky. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, Jason Denson, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish.